Coming up on this episode of Abundantly Charged, Jill and I talk all things time and its role in cultivating curiosity and wonder. Stay tuned. our third season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. As we begin to think about life on the other side of a global pandemic, we realize that everything in life is forever changed. We're all in the midst of creating new routines in all aspects of our lives, from how we shop to how we socialize to how we travel and even to how we spend our free time. We're contemplating new ways to think about how we integrate work and home, and even how we educate our children. We've learned that our children cannot and should not be measured on high-stakes tests alone. We've learned that there are multiple ways to connect with our students, and we need to move away from a one-size-fits-all approach to teaching and learning. We've learned we need to engage our students in pedagogy and experiences that respect each student's human desire to learn. And finally, we've learned that the cultivation of curiosity and wonder in our curriculum and in our instruction invites each of our students to experience profound relevance and connection to the people and the world around them. In our 10 episodes this season, we'll explore the paradigm shifts we need to consider as we think about and explore how to cultivate wonder and curiosity in abundantly charged classrooms. We thank you for letting us be a part of your day. Hello and welcome to Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis, and together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this Abundantly Charged episode, Time, Like Sand in an Hourglass. Time seems to be the variable that we often hear about. I could do this if I only had the time. I don't have enough time. Or I would love to do that, but wow, the time, time, time time. You know, I'm thinking Cindy Lauper. I'm thinking so many <laughs> songs that are coming through right now in my head. <laughs> but I won't go into any uh, like rendition as I'm singing because nobody wants to hear that. That's a completely different podcast <laughs> that we don't have named yet. So, you know, as you know, as we've been recording these these episodes over the course of, of season three, you, we've mentioned time repeatedly you know a little comment here and there about time and and I thought last time when we recorded the session on um experiential and authentic experiences which you know take time that I thought you know we maybe we just need to spend an entire episode talking about that dirty four letter word you know time t i m e and news flash we may not have any control over how much time we have but we have almost total control over how we use it. What do you think of that, Jill? Mm, you know, it is. It's it's one of those pieces. I know recently that I've been really trying to hone in on my time because there's a lot that's happening. Just like all of you who are listening to this have tons of things going. You know, busy is that other four-letter word, right? B-U-S-Y. Holy smokes, we can say we are busy. There's a lot of things that we've put back on our plates since 
you know, the the other thing that has happened, <laughs> like <laughs> that other thing that that took control over all of our lives in terms of how we were existing. But you mean that we, five letter word called COVID? Yeah, that that thing that I wasn't going to say <laughs> that one. Um, but I, what I have been doing is I've been really working on time blocking, and I think um, even into some of the things that my students are doing in the classroom is they actually plan out their time. They plan out when they're going to complete their assignments for the week. They plan out all of those different pieces. And that is one of those great tools, right? Because you're time blocking. You are saying, I am setting this amount of time for this and this amount of time so that I can be more productive. And I am taking control. My students are taking control over how much time I spend on different tasks. So we may not have any control over how much time we have, but we have almost almost total control over how we use it, both in our personal lives right and in in our in our classroom lives as well you know our paradigm shifts that we've been talking about this season they all take time it takes time to cultivate curiosity and wonder we touched on this paradigm shift last week we thought it was so important we're devoting an entire episode to time right now jill before we do that let's remind our listeners about how we define the foundation of our work curiosity and wonder You bet. So curiosity is defined as the strong desire to explore something that is interesting, challenging, and relevant to your life. Wonder is defined as the way to think about, to study, and explore something interesting, challenging, and relevant to your life, permeating learning throughout the day. So we think about, you know, our kids in our classrooms every single day, and we know that some of the things that we need to teach them are not things that are necessarily the most engaging to students. And we have to find a way, we have to find a way to take those topics, uh, all topics, but even especially the topics that are not as endearing. (laughs) And we got to figure out, that's the whole point of, of Abundantly Charged, right? Is about finding ways to cultivate that strong desire to explore something, even when that big overarching topic might not be something that appeals to every single person. And so I think that's really an important piece of this puzzle is we control how we use our time. Jill, you're in the classroom right now again as a teacher, which is really, really cool to add that, that perspective when when I when when you hear that we control how we use our time, how do you respond as a as a working classroom teacher? True, not true. What do you think? Um, you know, I think it's a mix. I do believe we control how we use our time. Definitely, um, I am one who struggles with boundaries. Uh, I really do. So I'm half time <laughs> in the classroom, and. Because I want to give back to the students the best and the most um, information that I possibly can in terms of feedback, what happens is that becomes the overarching thing that I do. That's my priority, right? I prioritize that feedback because, A, I know it's so important that students receive feedback in a timely manner. And if we're wanting and expecting them to turn things in at a certain time, then my part, I have to do my part in order to help them become successful. So I have had to reprioritize a number of things 
and go back to what I was talking about earlier about time blocking. I have to block that time to make sure that I remain very focused to control how I use my time. Um, that means I'm not sitting in front of Netflix, you know, or watching Gilmore Girls again for the third time throughout the season with my kids. Or maybe it's not, you know, maybe I'm not perusing social media as much. So I have to really focus in and control what I prioritize for my time. And that's how we need to think about time. Just like in the classroom, we prioritize what students need to learn, or we should be prioritizing what students need to learn based upon their need. That's how we can control how we use our time in the classroom. So, you know, I I don't get to choose whether my class meets, you know, for 60 minutes, for 55 minutes, for 45 minutes, or even, you know, for 90 or, you know, 120. But within that time frame, from bell to bell, that time is completely within my control. I choose how I use that time and what I spend that time doing, whether that's me spending my time talking, me spending my time engaging in conversations with students, how I spend, you know, how I use gradual release of responsibility, how whatever it is that I'm doing, you know, I may lament that I don't have enough time, but I also need to think about, and this is the paradigm shift that we're trying to talk about today is that we control time. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't control how quickly it, it goes. We don't control how much of it we have, but we do control how we spend it and how we use it instructionally in the classroom. And and Grant, I think that that's very empowering. It's an empowering statement to say that we control that time frame in between 8.55 to 9.55, for example. Like we are in total control of how to manipulate that time based upon what students need, what our priorities are, and yes, what the district and what our schools and all of our goals are coming into play. But we really control how we use that time and how we are delivering that information to best use our time. Absolutely. You know, I taught for 21 years and nobody ever told me, not one time did somebody ever tell me how to use the time from the time the bell rang till the time another bell rang, right? That those were those they might have questioned them in an evaluation, which they never did. But nobody ever told me that I had to do. I had to spend five minutes doing this, and I had to spend eight minutes doing that. I I had the ability to to be able to use that time in the way that I felt was important. And you hit it earlier, I think, when you said, you know, what we find important. <laughs> Is, is how we spend our time. It's also how we spend our money, but that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> right. If you want to know like what's Im- one. <laughs> yeah, if you want to know what's important to people, then you think about you think about and look at how they spend how they spend their time, right? Instructionally, when we think about what's important for teachers, we think about and we look at how they use their time. The second thing that I think is really important to this conversation is we need to slow it down and not race through units and lessons in the name of coverage. Because coverage is the antithesis of cultivating curiosity and wonder. And we know that 
cultivating curiosity and wonder takes time. So a second, you know, first, first shift for this episode, we control it. Second shift, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and it goes back to, and I know I talked about feedback earlier, but this is where it, when we slow it down and we really hone in on the skill sets that need to be either taught in a different manner or given feedback, that slowing it down to give the feedback is going to help us go so much faster in the long run. So it's that, you know, baby steps to, you know, full on sprint, but you have to build those foundational aspects first before you can get into the really nitty gritty, the deep, the depth of, of knowledge, the depth of, of the learning, the evaluation aspect of thinking, all of those pieces. If we don't slow it down first and we just race through, then all we're go- the only thing we're going to do is just race through information and it's going to be so surface level. It's just going to be like that pool cover that just covers it just to make sure that the weeds don't get in there or the leaves don't go in there. Um, it's just covered. There's nothing about the depth. And so we need to be okay with spending our time tearing a, a, a topic apart, deconstructing it, bringing people along, you know, um, and deepening their understanding of a particular topic. This isn't about the race to the end. This is about really thinking about, hey, maybe I only planned that this particular part of the lesson was going to take 20 minutes, but it's taking my students longer to 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 generate some curiosity it's taking them a little bit longer to understand a couple of the key the key important pieces that are good, that they're going to need moving forward i got to be okay with not looking at the clock and really thinking about where you know where where this where we are in a particular lesson and how i'm pulling students in to into the conversation into the study into the exploration cultivating all of that and you know that moves us into the third our, our third shift and that is you know this idea of moving from a lesson being teacher led to a lesson being teacher facilitated where students actually now have the opportunity <laughs> to wonder themselves that also i mean that also takes time and the teachers who really struggle with curiosity and wonder are the teachers who really struggle with i think who really struggle with time mm. <clears throat> well i think yeah i mean that just makes so much sense because when we wonder it's it's the wonderings that lead us into the curiosity, right? So because wonder is is that verb and the curiosity as we define it is really about that noun. So if we're wondering about things, then we've created a curiosity about something. And so thinking about that time, how often do adults, do teachers sit and wonder? Not very often, because we think about our time as being constrictive. Mm-hmm. Yet, if we take that time 
to go ahead and actually wonder about a few things, then we become more curious and we start to think about how we can use our time differently. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this, this last idea that, that you brought to the table is, I think, a really important one as well. And that is looking at time from the lens of the student, right? Thinking about that variable, um, getting feedback from students uh, around how much time something is going to take them to do. Um, and then the other idea, of course, is that we have to be flexible with time based on student need because we all don't we don't all learn at the same pace. So not only do we have to slow it down and figure out that we control it, we also need to make sure that every student has the time they need to be able to process and learn and cultivate their own curiosity and wonder. And that works, that happens on different time schedules and different timelines. And Grant, I think that's part of the hardest thing, right? Because how many students do we end up teaching throughout the day? When we do that, everybody's timetable is different. You know, we talked about how we all have the certain amount of time that we have, but it goes back to how we control our time in order to give the feedback for the flexibility of students based on need. So some students are going to get it on that first try. Some students are going to need, you know, two or three weeks later where it's more of a shared writing, for example, or just here's your first feedback. Boom, they take it in. They are able to massage that themselves and apply it immediately. But others need support in a very different way along the way. And that's where we as teachers have to be flexible in terms of our student need and in terms of our time that we're devoting to each individual student. You know, and I I think teachers who really get this whole idea of time really start to think about uh, to what degree, and maybe it's completely and maybe it's not, but to what degree do we self-pace learning? Right. Um, do we go, you know, you know, there's the modern classroom project out there that is completely self-paced and kids work through it individually on their own time frame. And that's a very powerful model. Um, but not everybody's there. Uh, and not everybody wants to go there. But even within a traditional classroom, we really have to think differently about each student's timeline because. Jill may be the one that gets it on the in the first five minutes, and that's fantastic. And it might take Grant 35 minutes. Uh, and when he gets there, he gets there at the same high level that Jill did in five. But we need to value and we need to, it's got to be okay that it took me 35 to get there. Right. It doesn't, there's no difference in learning. Uh, pace doesn't equate, does not equate to quality. You're right, Grant. Pace does not correspond directly to quality. Uh, I'm thinking about the students who do get it really fast, but then they come across a more challenging problem where they're not getting it as quickly and how they then have to work through that whole piece. And what does that mean? You know, like, does that mean I'm a failure? Absolutely not. It just means that you've got other things that you need to do to keep working toward that. So your pace is going to slow for this particular example or this particular skill that you're trying to learn. Whereas then there's others who, you know, may take a little bit longer, 
But then they degrade themselves saying, well, I didn't do this because they needed a different kind of support than others. Like this wasn't mine. I didn't own this. And helping students understand that the support that is given because they needed more time isn't a bad thing. It is a great thing because you are being successful just in a different way. And we have to then really think about then that this, that we have to stop allowing ourselves and our students to be controlled by time and take ownership of time, recognize that in many cases, we need to slow it down to go deeply. We need to slow it down to cultivate curiosity and wonder. And we also have to recognize that how we vary the timeline for children and for ourselves is also important because we need to we need to use time in a way that provides the flexibility and support that students need so that every student gets to cultivate curiosity and wonder and not just those who get something on the very first try within the very first couple of minutes curiosity and wonder must permeate every aspect of learning in our classrooms Today, students' voice, autonomy, and drive must dictate how, why, and what we teach daily. When this happens, students engage and answer the big question, what in the world do I want to explore today? Are you looking for more ways to create a vibrant classroom filled with curiosity and wonder? Contact us at AbundantlyCharged at gmail.com to determine how we can support your district or school with a powerhouse of professional learning options. Thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, let's remain abundantly charged. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 3rd and running through March 7th. We'll take a short break and return with Season 4 in April. Join the Abundantly Charged virtual community. If you would like subscription information, email us at abundantlycharged at gmail.com. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music is Something Different, written and performed by Revelé and obtained through soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It can also be found on our website at https colon forward slash forward slash abundantly dash charged dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.